0: You're listening to Opacity, a podcast about working in design.
1: Hey Craig, how's it going? Hey
0: Tom, pretty good. How are you doing today?
1: I'm excellent. And Craig, we're joined by a guest in the studio today, in their studio that you're in, <laughs> Mr. Ben Taylor. It's the
0: best when, when our guests can invite us into their studios, uh, where there's plush shag carpet uh, and wall sound deafening sponges
1: and uh, snacks it's, it's great to be Dark here at snacks <laughs> well welcome to the podcast Ben thanks for having me
0: it is a pleasure to have you Ben uh it's been months and months since we first talked about recording together so happy to hear it's finally here
2: yeah <laughs> delighted to be here I thought given the the lead-up we'd probably be a bit more prepared at least I'd be more prepared but uh I'm sure we'll see more pert than
1: we are so no we've, we've, <laughs> been, we've been
0: we've been thinking about this topic for the past six months uh so i think we got a lot of ideas on it yeah um
1: so we were chatting about a couple of things before the the podcast kicked off uh, and one of the things that kind of came up was around the 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 topic of like composure as as a quality in people and that it's underrated what do you guys think of that as a statement
0: composure is underrated Mm -hmm.
1: the the ability to maintain composure in like a tense situation or a meeting that's not going so well is it underrated I think it's underrated.
0: Do you think it's underrated, Ben?
2: Um, I know I highly rate it. You highly rate it. Personally. I highly rate it. I think it's one of those soft skills which uh, you don't get told is important. Mm. But absolutely, as you progress throughout your career, it's something that you need to cultivate.
0: So I wonder what, like, is there a moment when, uh, like, we realize that composure is important? Um, is it like, after a blow up
1: or after observing someone else blow up to when you lose it when you lose <laughs> it yeah I, for, well for me anyway i just remember when i started uh, in my career and i was working with other people who just seemed to be able to maintain composure in tense situations with maybe clients demanding clients or something like that where it was th- things were starting to heat up and they could just see them just remain composed take it in and had good answers and could manage to be able to diffuse the situation i thought that was a I remember just looking at them and going, "Wow, well, I wish I could do that someday. I hope to be able to do that.
0: So what are those difficult conversations when composure is necessary? Like, do we have any examples? So there's client meetings that, so I'm assuming the client is, what, what's the scenario for the client meeting where the composure uh, was maintained?
1: Uh, it just could be a situation where someone's got a particular type of, of personality and maybe something just something is said that just sets them off per, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And uh, depending on, and how you react to that can either you know. Was it was it you getting claim? set
0: off in this scenario?
1: Was it which sorry? Was it you getting set off in this scenario? No, not me, no. I'm <laughs> more so the clients. Uh-huh. And then the, the So you the other were side. setting you were setting off the client? Uh, no, I don't think I was setting off the client. Okay. I, I would never do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> ben on the record. Ben, how about you?
1: <laughs> um
2: So I'd say there was a number of kind of checkpoints uh problem in my mind throughout my career where you know I've been involved in kind of more difficult conversations where I kind of thought to myself oh god I'm losing the run of myself I need to pull this back um, and some of the best training I've ever done was actually on having difficult conversations and how to to manage that Um I think when you get into those kind of situations you you lean into the fight or flight reflex and you can quite easily panic or you know you're your heart starts pounding, your mouth goes dry, you've got a really angry stakeholder shouting at you, and you just say something. Mm. You know, like, you know the whole thing, like, don't just stand there do something? Yeah. It's the opposite. Don't just do something, stand there. Compose yourself. Articulate what it is you actually need to say as a response to calm down the situation and go from there. So otherwise, you're, in my experience, you're pretty generally just try and patch on a fire. Well, it's
0: interesting to think about that because I find, uh, like, by default in my life, I've always been very uh, conflict um, averse. Like that's, that is the default uh, setting for my, for my existence. Um, But it's also been trying to, trying to move out of that because that's also not an effect. Like that's maybe composure to the nth degree where it's like you're too composed, like show some emotion um, kind of a thing. So it's, it's, I feel like it's really about a, a balance there. It's like be composed, like, are you are you at the right place? Do you have the right level of composure? Because too much composure you can seem like you're spacing out or maybe not mm-hmm. not that invested in the thing. Um, but the other extreme is like you're absurd, you're steamrolling, you're you're making this all difficult. You're fighting battles that you don't like need to fight. Um Yeah, and it's it's been something I've tried to observe myself as like, you know, work work situations can be smooth, they can be difficult. You know, any any roles that we're in, there can be a bit of both. Um, but, like, we all have experiences of things that have gotten heated and, like, how did I react in that? And, like, is that the best way? And, like, try to observe how you responded and why did you flip out about something that um, isn't necessarily worth flipping out about? Or was it worth flipping out about? And, and you know, yeah. I'd do it again if I had the chance. Like, is there cases <laughs> where that's good? Is there cases where composure is overrated? Ooh. That's my
2: my counter- Question. i i would i would say no um i think one of the things that that you mentioned there has been really interesting was like if you're too composed you might seem like you're away somewhere else mm. i think if you're actually composed you're present mm. and you're focused in the moment mm. um i think it might be that there's like a, a defense mechanism or something where you float away as opposed to engaging mm. in in conflict mm-hmm. um which would pull me onto the the mindfulness thread which we don't need to go down that that particular path at the moment Mm. um but i I think that the whole psychology around all that kind of stuff um is probably underrated Mm -hmm. i would say is absolutely underrated particularly within uh the modern working environment where you have groups of people who need to work together to achieve a task and aren't necessarily given the the skill sets to do that Mm yeah
0: that's a good
2: point yeah yeah probably my
0: my other end of the spectrum probably isn't composure yeah it's something very different it's uh Do you wanna
2: dig into it <laughs> 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 let's talk about craig
0: well i guess it's yeah it's it's uh, hmm to me it comes back to this is something maybe in the past couple years uh, i've been thinking about about like being opinionated about things um I think in the past, like you could have asked me, and I still have elements of this very much uh, present in things like the fact that I, if someone asked me what's my favorite thing, uh, like my favorite food, my favorite movie, my favorite, I, I can't really form an opinion around that. Things I like, things I dislike. So that the idea of opinions, and the idea of being opinionated, and that sort of ties into like being confident about your stances. Um, like in the past, that's something I've I've always sort of been very like just like, uh, I don't know, what's the word? Passive about, I guess, like, like whatever. It doesn't really matter. Um, mm-hmm. um, but then moving to a place where, like, no, you, you form opinions. Opinions are actually critical things to have, especially in our space, like being opinionated mm-hmm. about stuff and, <clears throat> and being flexible about those opinions, uh, not holding on to them too strong. But having them is, is like, a, like, if you don't have opinions, you can't really do our work right yeah um so yeah i think but i think it's a process for people like like my default setting of of just not having it and being sort of detached from it um it's something you have to work through and figure out like how do you how do you get excited about a thing and if you're excited about it then maybe those opinions form automatically but what if you're working Mm -hmm. on something that isn't particularly exciting for you how do you create that how do you fabricate interest in a thing uh, (laughs) Fake it and then you know fake it till you you know, give a shit about it or something. I don't know what the, what the <laughs> thing that's, is, but like. That, that's the saying, isn't it? Fake is <laughs> you give a shit about <laughs> it. it. Yeah, put yeah. that on a t-shirt. I'm sure would
1: <laughs> sell. So. But I um, think that's some of those issues around, like they stem from the fact that we care. Like, you, you know, when you're designing something or you're working on something, um, I often think about what motivates us and beyond, like beyond money and stuff. Like what it, why, why do people go in and really be, mo- are, are they motivated to really want to push the thing forward and do better work? Um, I, that's probably the answer that people say, like I want to do woodwork work or that kind of thing. But what is what is it actually that kind of stops you from pushing it too far or stops you from like sitting back? What is it? What is the thing that invisible force that kind of just like drives you forward? And uh, and I think that's probably where things stem from. Like you know, there's a certain level of passion that's involved, and sometimes that can be over mishandled or it can manifest itself in a, in you losing your composure or just getting a little bit overheated. I, I think in conversations, it's okay for things to get a little bit heated. Like, you know, if people, if people care about something, it's just, you know, keep it professional um, and that kind of thing.
0: It's also that um, reminds me of this sort of, like, the need to disagree, the need, I think, for designers, but really any perspective to be able to disagree and make that known and push, for, like, advocate for a perspective uh, and push hard uh, in a lot of cases, but then to be able to to leave that at the table and, like, disassociate that from so many things like disassociate it from um like your own yourself like disassociate it from your self worth like your performance at work is not directly tied to your worth as a human being um like an argument with a coworker is not necessarily a, it doesn't necessarily need to leave that space um so how do you I don't know where I was going with that but there's something uh, about uh, being okay with that lack, like maybe it's still composure. Maybe it's a composed disagreement, um, but that it then like after that, there's still a, a chance to uh, come together and understand we're all uh, trying to do the same thing or at least
2: close enough to the same thing that we can be on the same track. Yeah. You've touched on, on a number of points there. And some of that is like being able to have healthy tension and diverse opinions uh, without conflict or outright conflict you know and like a good way of that is just not being emotional about it you know like if I've got the data to back something up then I don't need to be emotional about it because I've got the data and I can argue that all day if I need to you know I say to people all the time like I don't agree with you here's why I'm not going to fight with you over it I'm going to hold my point on it Mm -hmm. and we can talk about it and I'll put my stuff on the table and you can put your stuff on the table and if you like what I put down you can take some I'm not going to force it on you Mm. nine out of ten times i'm totally making up that statistic obviously but pretty <laughs> yeah, you generally you know if if you're reasonable
1: Are you making up that data then respond well? to it absolutely make it absolutely the <laughs> that's the <a> secret <laughs> i'm really
2: calm because i made this all up <laughs>
1: but that's that th- there's something in that as well like to be able to do that like people even that that scenario that you just painted there like as in saying like here i've got this picture so i'm gonna i'm just gonna remain stoic while you kind of like uh, maybe get heated and kind of go I don't agree with that and you're just like well that's them's the facts so you know this is exactly it It's
2: I'm not arguing my opinion all I'm doing is sharing information with you mm. I'm not taking a stance on it and an opinion and a stance are two very different things right? because a stance is very decided I'm not moving right? I'm just going here's empirical evidence it doesn't make a lot of sense to fight against that you can mm. if you want Probably not going to go anywhere. Do what you want with it, you know?
0: How do you work in scenarios that there isn't, like you don't have access to that kind of data? Like, you know, in certain scenarios, certain companies, there is like a strength around gathering data and there's an ability to just kind of dip in and see see how things are performing or see how users are using it at, like a, at a high level uh, or at a very granular level. But that's not the case everywhere. Like some people don't have access to that data there's not there's not any way to gather it there's no people making sense of it um, so cuz then the the conversation get it boils down to opinions and it's um it's always like you know and then those
2: opinions can conflict yeah yeah it's a really good point i would be of the mindset that there's never an excuse not to do something right and if you're at a point where people are uh at loggerheads over opinions about something, I'd question whether there's a defined enough mission or goal or desired outcome for that group uh to start. And then like I just would always be of the opinion to make something happen. You know, like I've spent a lot of my career not having access to any sort of quant data. Mm-hmm. Um and put a huge amount of effort into doing a lot of the sort of qualitative studies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, had to had to lean on them sometimes in, in ways when I didn't want to, but mm-hmm. always make sure that there's some sort of some sort of research behind stuff um otherwise i can't back it because it then it really is just an opinion
1: yeah Yeah. evidence-based decisions
2: now by the same token if someone wants to make a decision on a design pattern and you're an expert in design then that's your role that's under your remit you know you should be uh given the authority and uh -hmm that role within the team to make that call Ben you mentioned earlier about
0: some training that you did on difficult conversations can you maybe talk a little bit more about what that was what you learned insights you gathered through that
2: process absolutely this uh, (laughs) particular training has been invaluable throughout every aspect of my life Um, so what might commonly happen in a situation uh, let's say Craig, okay, you're the manager, I'm the employee. I'm coming into work an hour late every day. Or maybe I'm I'm late two days in a row, an hour, and you come up to me and you go, You're always late. You know, what's wrong with you? Just kind of absolutely rip me out of it. Mm-hmm. And that immediately sets up a probably like a, a defensive stance uh from myself. Um it's also really easy for me to push back on something, which is a generalization. like You're always this, right? And when you say to somebody, you are this thing, you're immediately setting up for a defensive response, whereas you can come to me and say, hey, Ben, how's it going? Like, uh, I I noticed that you were an hour late, two days this week, and this just leads me to believe that there may be something that's going on uh, outside of work. Like, mm-hmm. is there anything going on? I can help you with it. Is everything OK? It's like, OK, you're addressing the situation. You're not setting it up for conflict, and then you can kind of progress down the line of inquiry if you need to kind of you know come back to you know these are your work and errors like if, if this is gonna be repeat behavior we're going to have to talk about it again in a more serious fashion that that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um but you're you're mitigating the conflict as much as possible by sticking to facts and assuming best intent. I, I don't know what situation you could have going on. You could have a really valid reason or a very serious personal reason for, for not being there. Mm. And if mm-hmm. I immediately attack you, I'm, I'm breaking the trust between ourselves. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, it, bad leadership, basically.
0: Mm-hmm. Are there, like, th- I can see that sort of the way you've described it is uh, the proactive nature of it, of sort of, it's almost like, how do you diffuse the difficult conversation before it even happens? So you're approaching it. In a way that it's not even, it doesn't even become difficult because it's received in a certain way and you project it in that way. Um, are there other things you've learned, like when you're in the moment, like say there's a, a conflict about to burst or uh, maybe it's already bursted, bursted, burst, uh, <laughs> and like you have a role or you could have a role in diffusing it? Is there anything? I have no idea if that was included in the, in the training or was there
2: anything around that? Part of good training for like kind of, Calming someone down if they're in a very kind of wound up uh, emotional kind of state is to align with what they're saying. Right. Like, let's say that situation plays out. I accuse you of being late for some mad reason, Uh, like you're going to interviews or something like that. Right. And you're my employee and how dare you and whatever you react in a volatile manner. Um, That's not very good. But. You know, a way of diffusing me, if I was your question, that, that's what I said. Like, look, align with my argument. Say, I fully understand where you're coming from, right? You've seen me coming in late twice this week. You don't know why I haven't communicated it to you. And so you have all these beliefs about what I'm doing. And, you know, if I was in that position, I'd probably assume this and that and the other, mm. uh, that just also let you know that those things aren't true. This is what's actually going on. And again, it comes back to composure. Mm. You know, um not is one of your emotions, I think, mm-hmm. is, is mm-hmm. the main thing.
0: Yeah. So all parties should remain composed.
2: I mean, it um, would be a very boring world if everyone was composed if, all the yeah, time. That's what, that's, <laughs> that's what I was imagining, everybody walking around very yeah, composed. Like, What would stop you from being emotional in the first place, right? And, like, we've talked about composure. Mm-hmm. Composure is the outcome of something, right? You have to put something in place to maintain your composure um otherwise you just get lost in your emotions and overrun and suddenly realize you know i flipped the table again said i wouldn't do it god damn it
1: i understand why you flipped the table Ben. yeah <laughs>
0: okay so you flipped the table why did you flip t- like how does it get to that point um where composure is difficult to maintain um like you, you'd think that a group of humans working towards a common goal uh, would be able to, like, stay on path and chart course or whatever. Um, but why is that? Like, why is that hard? Why is it hard for for people to
2: to just get along? Ego, mm. and in large part, like, if we're working on the same project, for example, uh, three of us, we've got a, a shared purpose. We've got we know our roles within that it's not very common that, that all those things line up mm-hmm. um you know maybe tom you really want to own this project so you can add it to your portfolio so you can get that role you really want mm-hmm. uh, craig you don't really want to put in a huge amount of effort so you just want to kind of cut corners to, <laughs> to get through it are you, wait
0: are you describing our relationship <laughs> with this podcast
1: <laughs> i don't know i don't know Sounds you tell right. me um, such a wise man is ben taylor isn't he you know <laughs> very but <perceptive>. it's <laughs> very it's it's
2: one of the things that i try to do is to understand someone's personal or emotional investments in a project and kick it off mm-hmm. right and so like you've got to keep the objective things on track but like there's also there's the potential for things to to really run amok when there are those kind of uh ego conflicts or you know people have an investment in something that not everybody else is meeting and then they kick off about it and it's like well I've, no one knows this like why is this person being so unreasonable mm-hmm. you know but it's actually something that's really important for them um and it's not communicated and that's also you know it's the nature of ego like that's that's not always reasonable
1: mm. yeah
2: you know so like mm. kind of expectation management's
1: early I think is very important for all that stuff. Mm. Yeah, I think one of the points there you mentioned as well around different people as well, you don't know the perspectives that people have as well. Like so they might have information that you're not aware of or look at things, look at a problem from a different angle and you're looking at it from and you assume that you're looking at the same when everyone's got the same picture in their head when they're talking about whatever they're talking about, you know, Um, and also, well, I I think that that's probably the most focused I was going to make but the other one was just like I think there's lot of variables as well like humans are complicated you know uh just all it takes is like you might be a bit extra tired you didn't get a great night's sleep you had too many cups of coffee and you're a bit jittery and then we just kind of you know our behaviors get thrown off by little things like that as well and you don't I've I've, I've been myself sometimes you're like why, why is I feeling like all jittery like that or why did I I'm not usually that kind of I'm usually more collected than that you know And it could be just something silly, like not getting a great night's sleep or something. You know, at least
2: you're self aware enough to see that and recognize that. Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah. I feel like
2: (laughs) (laughs) well, I'm going in the information that you're giving me. So apparently,
0: (laughs) I feel like it's it's easy to look at others and analyze them and and you know empathize with also their situations and how people are multidimensional, but then also to reflect that back on ourselves, like you were saying, Tom, Um, Mm. to like just be aware of yourself and take care of yourself and realize like I was thinking as you guys were talking of like, like we're also human uh, with our, all of those flaws that come with, with this uh, you know, being a person um, and that like there are times when we struggle and that to know that that's okay. And to know that, you know, sometimes our reactions are not ideal and to try to work with and like try to keep the composure, keep, keep things uh, uh, you know, what's like a good natured response to things, but that things can, you can blow up sometimes and that's, it's not good, but it happens.
2: One of the points there I think is is really interesting is like, I'd be concerned that people would listen to this and think, Oh, I've got to become some sort of like functional binary robot. Mm. Like absolutely Mm. not. You know, like this is, this is a workplace environment where you gotta be professional. Yeah. You have your friends. Mm. You might have like a, a personal fight that causes some tension, you know, like, people are emotional people have all sorts of you know we're we're not rational beings we have our lizard brains and then you know rationalize after the facts um you know kahneman's like system one system two kind of stuff you should be using system one you're leaning into system two mm. um expand on that tell me some more so basically you know the whole thing of thinking fast and slow so you've got like almost like an automated processes like mm. I, I can breed right and this is an interesting segue into say uh um the self-awareness it's like i breed automatically now if i actually focus and consciously breed mm. i have a very different experience and i'll find myself being a lot more present mm. um and a lot more aware but we can have these like behaviorally scripted responses to things um, and I think a lot of those kind of reactions and those default patterns of behavior, like, you know, Oh, there's a conflict thing. I'm going to run away or there's a conflict I'm going to punch this engineer in the face probably <laughs> well, we shouldn't do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Um, mm-hmm. so, so it's kind of having that, uh, just that understanding that we're, we're not as rational as, mm-hmm. as we think we are. And we will generally mm-hmm. after something has happened take a series of beliefs that we have about ourselves and the world and layer it onto something to mm-hmm. rationalize it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. I think there's an element here of, I don't, I'm trying to maybe articulate it in my head right now, but sort of stepping outside of yourself, like when you mentioned breathing and and sort of then becoming more aware of, of the breath uh, as you pay attention to it you know, in, in scenarios where things are challenging to step out of yourself and observe yourself from the outside mm-hmm. uh, and the ability to sort of just see the trivial nature of a lot of these things, like, because you can yeah. get cut up, like, if you're in an argument with someone, like, that can be, like, all-consuming. Whereas if you just step out and, and really try to understand from an outside perspective what's happening, like, you can just make it seem like this is such, like, basic, like it's just not worth nothing is worth this this level of like tension or whatever mm. um so it might be like a practice to think about i know i sometimes do it i'll sit there and try to like observe myself from the outside or observe myself how someone else in the room could be seeing me and like it can be like you you've just become more self-conscious or conscious of of the scenario in a good or bad way but i think in a good way in this case um yeah but it's kind of it's kind of related to the breathing
2: thing. yeah Definitely, like like one of the things with uh, mindfulness or meditation, like from my experience with this, I get really frustrated about things. And like, you know, whether it was work or or, or something, something didn't happen the way I wanted it to uh, over time or something. Not that I used to be some sort of like rage demon or something, you know, but like you get these (laughs) kind of moments of frustration, you know, like you're you've ordered something from a new phone or something and it takes like an extra week to arrive and you're like, oh, just really frustrated by it. When I started meditating, it was a very long time ago now, um, I just got really frustrated with it because I was like, oh, I don't know how, like, and then it was just one day, it was like, it just clicked and I was watching myself be frustrated. I was like, oh, I'm actually not my emotions. Mm -hmm. And then after a while, I was kind of looking at the the thoughts that were kind of coming up associated with the emotions and going, oh, I'm not those things either. I don't need to be uh, affected by them mm. unless I choose to indulge, which is a very egoic thing to do. And of course, I do because mm. I'm human, um, you know. But having that ability to to take a step back, um, particularly in uh, highly
1: charged situations, I think is is really valuable. This is all great stuff, Ben. I I, I I I I try and meditate the, the odd time. I haven't done it pers- like consistently, and I probably should Um, because anytime I have done it even for a short amount of time I've found it's just very relaxing and kind of it's very peaceful but like I I, I hear those points you're making and it's, it's great that you're at a point that you can kind of detach yourself from the emotions that are filtering through you or through someone else possibly and there's been times where you know you get so frustrated and you know like I've been in a situation where I get so frustrated, it doesn't, it could be with anything, something broke at home and I don't understand why it's not working or so, whatever it is. And you know, like, this is ridiculous. Like I should be able to, ste- I know I'm being irrational here and I should be <laughs> able to just step out, step back and go, what are you doing? Like if if if, if it was me looking at someone else, I'd be like, just chill out, like, you know, but, uh, or calm down, which you never say to someone, but um. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, and, and I know, in my, I'm, in my brain, I'm like mulling it over going, You're aw- I'm aware that this is happening and I should be responding in a much more kind of mature and composed way, but I'm not. Why? And I, I suppose we're complicated creatures and we're not, that, we're not as kind of civilized as we think we are. Or maybe I just need more practice with meditation.
0: And I think knowing it, like, intellectually is one thing and actually practicing it is a very different thing because, like, mm. you know, you can know, like, how you should... Uh, react to certain things but like i think we all get in the trap of just you know you look away and then next thing you know you're down a, a tunnel of of uh despair and anxiety and all of those great things um and like you take a small event and then map that to another event and then to another event and to another event and then eventually this small event is directly related to like your like fundamental flaws of who you are as a human and like how you were raised and and who ruined you from childhood yeah those kind of things like no but it's just it was just a piece of feedback i gave like it wasn't a yeah. it wasn't a thing but like it's very easy like i don't know certain minds probably but like very easy to map those things directly to like our fundamental value as people uh it's like you should have these things aren't aligned right like on the screen like oh oh well therefore like I'm not a good person because uh, yeah. of all that. Yeah,
2: and that's it's it's an awful shame if mm-hmm. you move a pixel wrong and then play an inner monologue of not being good <laughs> enough that someone told you when you were, like, four years old because you, like, knocked over a plate or something. <laughs> yeah. And and you feel that pain of being a four-year-old the mm-hmm. rest of your life over a pixel, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and you have to have a sense of humor with that as well, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Uh, like, I've definitely found myself, as I think you were mentioning, Tom, just realizing the absolute absurdly ridiculousness of like some sort of reaction to something mm. you know and that's a point that, that I I'd, I'd love to make as well I think you kind of mentioned detaching yourself from your emotions and I think that's kind of like baby out with the bathwater in a sense it's like you shouldn't attach yourself you should abs- not judge your emotions at all either you know it's like it's totally fine to 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 feel these things just don't mm. throw them at anyone else you know yeah. be a mature adult look at it roll it around why is this happening where is it coming from Hmm. you know do i need to interact with it right now because it may not actually be healthy to cut it off Hmm. um so it's 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 tricky it's 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 tricky stuff and i i've been doing this for a huge amount of time and i'm still terrible at it so
1: so what would you what do you do like what would be your what would be a standard typical kind of practice that you do with regards to meditation
2: um so it's typically when I wake up first thing in the morning or going to sleep at night, I'll just, uh, line to bed, feel the weight of your body. And then I realise that I'm so not in tune with my body whatsoever, but, but basically it's just like, uh, a, a little check in, like, you know, mm. bring my, my focus and my, my awareness to my feet, feel the weight there. Um, I think tuning into the body first is a really good way of then kind of having a look at, uh, cause for me and i'm just gonna say for me like i'm no means an expert at this or anything like it gives me a different uh reference point uh for assessing other things you know because i'm in my mind most of the day so i can kind of tune in focus my body drop into that and then go okay so what are my thoughts like from this place um and then i might realize i've been obsessing over an email or Mm. an article that I feel like I should write but I haven't written for a month because ultimately I don't actually want to mm. <laughs> and then I can just go well if I'm, if I'm not going to do it there's no point in worrying about it sure. or stressing mm. over it uh, or just do it just get up now and do it as meditation as a practice um
0: like obviously different types of meditation but like it what you called out there was was gaining a new level of awareness of yourself and like how you're thinking about things and or like things you're struggling with and just making them maybe clearer in the process Um, I feel like there's other, like meditation is obviously one thing that's known to be very good for that. Um, are there other, other practices that people have that aren't necessarily meditation? Like I find writing to be a practice, um, that I should do more of. Um, Mm. but an enjoyable, it can be enjoyable. Tom called out how he doesn't enjoy writing. Um, not fully. (laughs) Tom's having Kate's. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll make my point in a minute. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but that, like, that could be a practice that helps you reflect on things. And, like, I found I found sitting down and writing an article, like, I learn what I actually think about a thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and, like, actually, oh, jeez, I'm, like, really uh, passionate about this thing that I really didn't know I cared about. Um, mm-hmm. So not directly related to, to meditation, but also, like, I think other practices can be ways, like, and sort of on an individual to see, like, how do you best, uh, like, find ref- areas first, like, maybe even, like, creative ways to express yourself to then learn more about what's in your head uh or in your heart or in your soul
2: um <laughs> it's, getting, nice. it's getting very existential now but yeah as as you said like you know meditation and that's just like one little thing that i do in a kind of a you know series of practices like even just throughout the day but it's whatever brings you into the moment and brings you into that kind of like you know getting out of autopilot and kind of going oh okay i'm present you know whether that's writing or you know playing music mm. um playing guitar for me is, is something that you know i only do on my own and it like it really kind of balances me out and levels me out whatever your yeah. thing is yeah. like you know the whole point of meditation is that, like it's supposed to be something that you do all day it's not active it's mm. you know um mm. there's a saying which which i really enjoy because i think a lot of spiritual people can get really like high and mighty um and kind of lose the whole point of it but like it's before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. You know, it's 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 about the simple things and just being being present with those. Mm. Also, uh disclaimer, I'm not saying I'm enlightened in any way. You know what, <laughs> what I mean? So you've achieved enlightenment and you're still chopping your wood
0: <laughs> and carrying your water.
1: Yeah. 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 Right, I'll jump in on the point you were saying about the writing. Um, <laughs> set the record straight. <laughs> I'm gonna lose my composure here, would you Craig? No, <laughs> Please joking. do. No, um, now for me, uh like I can I do I enjoy I do enjoy externalizing things and I find that writing is not the most efficient way for me to do that. So that's kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to set up a podcast. I did I've done one before in a previous workplace. Um just because I think that talking with humans like our ability to talk is a much for me anyway, is a much much more efficient way of getting ideas out and getting and having a two-way dialogue. And I think that's the difference between for me and with writing like I do enjoy writing. Sometimes you sit down and you kind of formalize in your head what you were thinking into kind of something that's more crystallized, and then you can edit it, you can refine it, you can delete parts if you don't agree with it. But it's this weird. It takes time for me, but also it's at the at the end the output is kind of this unusual thing where it's like a monologue. It's like I've gone through and I've kind of like thought about everything and I've chosen my words carefully and I'm happy with what they are and I put them out into the world. If it's on medium or whatever, and go here it is now, and then there's no dialogue really. Like, there's, there might be some comments afterwards, um but I always find that it's a weird dynamic. Then why does everything up, have to be a dialogue? Well, I, what I great, like about but... dialogues, what I like about dialogues, is that they challenge your thinking. Like, and someone can stop you, like what you're doing right now, what we're doing it's now. All,
0: we're like, let me just cut you off there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but like otherwise, you can just like you can get lost. You can get I think when people some people write as well and i find it happens to, my, to me sometimes too is that you have to kind of bring yourself back to go like let's just use natural language just say what you were going to say and type that mm-hmm. in the way that you would say it i have because the exact people take same on this issue. persona of like and do you start using all these highfalutin words that you wouldn't use no one uses in real life <laughs> yeah. like you know yeah, yeah, have to, yeah. yeah i'm so verbose
2: when i start writing and then i put it into mm. what is it um that plug in that you can it kind of senses the re- uh, Hemingway yeah. put it into uh, Hemingway, oh, and it's like a feedback loop for me. And I go, "Oh, I hate myself. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm that person who does that.
0: Yeah. Like, uh yeah. yeah." I think there's but value in both. Like, dialogue is obviously like critical, um, but also like monologue, as in like great books. Uh, like, so the written word and like the spoken, like in like s- speeches that change the world. Like that can mm. be important. Uh, and it's a good to, if someone has something to say, I think it's a good platform to do it, to just say, oh, yeah. it. Uh, obviously like saying it with words that are,
1: that are accessible and uh, yeah.
0: you know, human.
1: Absolutely. Um, but but the, I like, I, I agree with you, of course, monologues are important, but I think what I like about dialogues is that you're, you know, I like with conversations that you can kind of, it's like a balance between talking and listening and you're, you can learn from someone else and uh, I don't know, just feel like you grow a bit more and it's a bit, it feels a bit more therapeutic f- to me saying something, having someone else talk back to you and kind of go, oh, I didn't think it that way. And then, you know, your brain starts firing all different types of ways. and You're like, oh, your perspective can be changed. Whereas if you're sitting there, you, it can happen as well when you're writing. For me, sometimes it happens. You're like, oh, I didn't think it that way. But most of the time, it's just kind of a slower. My relationship with writing actually as well is I've just I've just started and dropped so much some of these things over the years. Um, and that's something that i tried to stop doing with my hobbies. So you mentioned guitar, uh, Ben. I, I play guitar as well and I try to write music for me. And over the years, I'd like I'd sit down and I'd be like trying to make everything perfect. And there was lots, nothing would get done. Basically, no, I'd have nothing kind of finished. There'd be lots of different bits of ideas. And then I'd sit down with the best of intention going, OK, I'm going to come back to that idea and, and flesh it out. And then I'd start playing and then I'd just go off in another time. Like all these other ideas come out. So then I'd start. I've got like loads of these bits of unfinished things, and I'm I'm a kind of a product over process type of guy. Like I like to have something to show, f- even for me. Like I would sit down and do something, export it, and I can listen to it, and then I can I can edit it again later. I know some of my friends who play guitar; they're just happy enough to sit down and just noodle and tune, or like you know, get a nice guitar sound and that kind of thing. But um, yeah. Anyway, sorry, I'm I'm wobbling here.
2: <laughs> no, it's totally fine. It's yeah. totally fine. Yeah. It's it's one of those things that I. I play guitar, uh, probably at the same level for twenty years now, um, and not gone anywhere else with it. But it's played it things that I like, uh, things that I do play play well, mm. um, and I've you know just sat there and kind of come out with some things, and then gone, I right, I'm gonna keep this going. I'm gonna see where it goes. Never goes anywhere, and then I forget it, or I might record a bit, and then yeah. a week later I pick it up and I go, nah, you know, yeah. So I actually have nothing to show for my entire, uh. Relationship with with guitar.
1: Here's my advice. Here's my advice. Have you got a Mac?
2: I have my my work laptop. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Garage Band. Garage Band is the best software yeah. Apple ever made, in my opinion. It's free. Get something like Tune tra- uh, Tune. Go to Tune Track and get Easy Mix and Easy Drummer, and you can get like just just start laying down loops from the from the drums. And what I like about it is it's kind of like a dialogue then, right? Because you're if you sit down with guitar, you're gonna play with the ideas and you play with the rhythms that you're comfortable with in your head. But if you just grab ra- random loops sometimes, and I do that, you're kind of you're reacting to something that you weren't expecting, and I find sometimes like you can get you can kind of break out of like the the little cycle that you're stuck in. Yeah, and yeah. Then re- and record as you go. So that's that would be my recommendation mm. for you, Ben. I, definitely, I'll, I'll definitely I'll give it a go it, you it, get the software
2: <laughs> help to break the pattern of like just doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah, you know, like introduce that other element that might pull me out of it. Do you want
0: to have like like you mentioned product over process? Is that what you want? With music, uh, or are you more
2: about the process? I absolutely no process with music. It's not about for me generating anything. It's more about mm. you know uh, unwinding and just enjoying what it is mm. at the time. Uh, but in general, when it comes to like design life um, process very process focused
0: but it's interesting with the music thing about uh like i've i've been a musician like i have a degree in music and uh i've been a musician forever like recently it's been hard to maintain that but uh i have nothing like i'm the same i have nothing to show for it but i've never like like i've performed i've taught uh i've played for myself um but i've never actually like pressed the record button and well a few times hmm. like i had inspiration to start doing it. it's like i need to record because i have to have something to show for this lifetime of music um <laughs> but i have nothing to show for it so it's uh but i'm okay with that you know it's i can like, be, I can need be okay with it yeah um, everyone's different yeah yeah so but it's like also good like to have that in your i don't know i would like to have it but i'm okay not having it yeah well, that's <laughs> that's sort of it, life right then now it's, it's like be it okay with the things that's you don't have. that's
2: someone telling me a working definition of a passion a long time ago i found it really interesting it's like if you could Never have anything to show for it, or it just goes away one day, and you can never have it back. That it would still be something that that you carried with you as having mm. like value for the rest of your life. Yep. Mm. Which again, I need to get away from the existential stuff and
1: say something valuable about design. That kind of sounds like it's better to have loved and lost.
2: It's yeah. I think it's it's or a, loved it's, and lost. It? You know what? What's that? Maybe no one told me that. Maybe I, I got it in a Christmas cracker or something. <laughs> <laughs> Ben, it was
0: really a pleasure chatting with you after yeah, you know, planning this episode for a long time. Well, I'm not sure if we said planning it, but, you know, having it on the list of episodes we wanted to do for a long time. So I think it probably warrants another episode in the future. I, if you'll uh, come I hope back. so. Absolutely. If because
2: what I was supposed to talk about, I didn't talk about at all. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> it's we had plenty of time.
0: Talking, <laughs> talking about a topic on the board uh, yeah. that we didn't really touch even 10% of so but I think I think still there was a lot of value in there so we appreciate Mm -hmm. you coming on I hope so
2: thanks for having me Ben where can the folks uh out there find you um I know this is where I'm supposed to say something about Twitter I don't tweet it's fine uh I think I've got like 10 followers LinkedIn it's probably where I'll be most active medium if I ever write again
0: Mm -hmm. so you're Ben Taylor should we spell out your name
1: I, if they can't figure that out then <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool and Tom where can the folks find you
1: yeah I'm on Twitter at Tom C design uh, yeah you can reach out to me on LinkedIn also if you want Tom Cunningham I've had a, I've had a few of those requests over the last while which is nice
0: oh yeah yeah, yeah. Link, let's go with LinkedIn this is a LinkedIn type of episode connect with us professionally yeah. uh, join our professional networks uh, you can find me at Craig Phillips there's a lot of them I think in there but probably less than there are Ben Taylors so um the only, one of the few Craig is in Ireland there. Um,
2: Fun fact, my first name isn't Ben, actually. Whoa. What? Yeah. yeah. It's
1: William. Well, let's hear it. What is it? William.
2: My actual name is Benin. Benin? Yeah. So I've just gone from one of the most popular names in the world to like being the only one. Benin? Benin? Yeah. How is that spelled? B-E-N-E-N. It's Gaelic origin. That's the yeah. an Anglicized version of it.
0: Is it the Gaelic version of Ben? Benjamin? No
2: no um sounds like a game of thrones name benin yeah i yeah i hope i age into it well um i don't know i've asked my repeatedly anyway. why they call me that and i haven't got a straight answer but you don't want to go by benin i typically don't mm-hmm. i typically don't it's just ben's a lot easier It's easier.
0: that's a good name though.
2: what does it mean yeah. um it's a great question and i'm drawing a blank on it and i was talking to my friend about this on sunday composed um, one Compose one. Did you Google it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really hyper overly aware notions. One. <laughs>
0: That's cool. Good to know. Well, my my real name is Craig, birth name. Uh, Tom, what's
2: your name? Yeah, Thomas.
1: Yeah, Thomas. I, I only get called that when I'm, you know, in court. But uh, yeah, <laughs> Tom.
2: And uh, before we wrap up, how many times has that happened? <laughs> <coughs>
1: no comment <laughs> just, just, just. alright
0: Ben well thanks again uh, and everyone listening who's made it this far um, remember that there is a Twitter handle now for Opacity at Opacity Podcast um, you know we have a few followers there we'll try to get better about tweeting some stuff um, mm. but yeah you can follow Tom on Twitter LinkedIn me YC Phillips on Twitter and yeah you know where to find us
1: that's it thanks guys thanks again Ben Thank you. See you.